passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Folks, football is back. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. As your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag, that's B-E-T-O-L-I-N-E.ag to receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts, and also BetOnline sponsors the Boss Man Show on your radio. Back on the Boss Man Show, my buddy, Tennessee Brad Bats here with me. Elections coming up here real soon. I have my Tennessee Mellon ballot right here with me on my desk here to vote for my people from Nashville. They split up in three three ways. Uh, the Tennessee <laughs> GOP doing what they do best, Brad. <laughs> What's up, mm-hmm. man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Fresh from across the world, so I'm still tired, but I'm here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Eastern Time Zone. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad to be back. So, Brad, as we, as we talked about, man, let's coming up in November 8th is coming up here yeah. real soon. Jason Marge running for governor of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I'm worried because we know in Tennessee, his counter is very red, and I know the Democrat Party says it's, it's more purple than red, but I'm not seeing enough engagement and outreach in, in Memphis and Nashville can't carry the, the day to get him over the line. Yeah. When you have East Tennessee and West Tennessee that's rural, it's going to vote for Bill Lee just against their own interests, of course. So like, how yeah. are you feeling about this, man? I hope that, well, uh, last week a nonpartisan poll came out that put the race, the governor's race in Tennessee within five points. So that's Bill Lee at 45 and, and Jason Martin at 40%, which is striking distance. So I'm hopeful, uh, but but you're right. You know, Bill Lee isn't uh, 
trying to engage. He refuses to debate. He doesn't want to run any campaign. He just wants to spew the same old tired uh, political rhetoric that we've heard from top down. And, and he just kind of gets his marching orders and repeats the same uh, talking points that we hear across the country. And I, I see a lot of Republicans doing this, especially in Tennessee. None of them want to debate. None of them want to have an honest conversation. Uh, they've gerrymandered the state so much that the people that are in the GOP, especially in the state legislature, are radicals. Um, and they're corrupt, too. Uh, you know, since since we've talked, Glenn Casada, who was the uh, former Speaker of the House, who resigned in disgrace, he's been indicted along with his uh uh, former chief of staff, um, Kate Cawthron. They've both been indicted. They're under federal investigation uh, for campaign improprieties with money. Uh, uh, there's another woman implicated, uh, Robin something, if I'm remembering correctly, who had resigned um, under under the uh, cloud of all this corruption. Um, we've had uh, other representatives resign from the House with campaign irregularities. Like, it's it's insane the way that our state legislature operates. And Bill Lee tries to stay like above the fray, but he's right in it. Um, he's working to try to take over Tennessee schools, bringing in Hillsdale College, which is a very far right wing, uh, supposedly Christian college, but that's not what I would call them. I think they are just right wing history deniers. Uh, and they wanna come in and they want to profit off of public schools. They wanna take public taxpayer money and put it into private pockets uh, including the pockets of billionaires like Betsy DeVos and her family. Uh, so I, I think that people are paying attention to these issues. Uh, Bill Lee sat on a stage with uh, Larry Arn from Hillsdale College while Larry said that teachers come from the dumbest parts of the dumbest colleges. And let me tell you, teachers were not happy to hear that statement and then to hear Bill Lee not even uh, dispute it. You know, he, he tried to put some distance from himself in the statement, but he's still advocating for this guy who says teachers come from the dumbest parts of the dumbest colleges uh, to take over Tennessee schools. So I think some of those things, people are paying attention. Uh, and I hope everyone across Tennessee is paying attention from Memphis to Mountain City. Uh, and uh, Jason Martin's been out here to Johnson City several times. He's, uh, I, I see him on social media at different events all the time. So. He's getting out there. I hope the word is is being spread. And uh, today's the last day to register to vote. Uh, and then I think we have like 28 days, 27 days to election. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. And Brad, what I've noticed here in Georgia and in Tennessee, the DSCC, the DCCC, the Democratic mm -hmm. Association is not putting money on the ground enough. Because I feel no. like this, you have to engage people for months. Keep them engaged so they can know what's going on. Coming in October is in that last second. Man, I get people might feel like you only come around this time of year every two years. So yeah, I feel like that I feel like National Democrats in DC, you know, consultants in DC and LA and New York don't look at the South as a way to win. You have to actually compete down here in the South to change these legislatures to codify role and save schools and yeah. you know, not let them uh conservatively be fiscal conservative when it benefits them have surplus like that we have in Georgia, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, I feel like it starts from that national all the way down for us, putting money on the ground to help us engage and get people out to the polls. 
Yeah, I mean, it starts at the local level, I think. And and uh, yeah, I, I think the, the strategy has been to, to write off certain districts or certain areas or certain states, and that's a terrible strategy. I think we should run campaigns in a party that addresses every single county in Tennessee. I think that's what the Tennessee State Party's trying to do. Um, but yeah, there's, look, I mean, in politics, people have an idea of how it works, but a lot of it is local engagement, local county parties, people uh, deciding they're fed up. So they say, I'm going to run for school board, or I'm going to run for city commission uh, and, and make a difference. And a, a lot of it is on your own and you're figuring out in national politics is just a different animal. And I, and I wish people would understand that, that, you know, here in Washington County in East Tennessee, we, we have issues that are local to Washington County, Tennessee. This isn't about Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer or Trump. It, it's about East Tennessee. It's about people being able to afford uh, to live their lives, being able to afford rent. We have housing prices increasing, rent prices increasing. We have people that can't get health care. They can't afford it. Our state legislature refuses to expand Medicaid. Like all these things, you know, if, if you get sick and need to see a doctor, that no one asks you if you're Republican or Democrat. I mean, these are things that affect all of us. If your kids are in public school, you know, you don't go into third grade and they say, okay, well, red's on this side, blue's on this side. Like, that's not how it works. We're, we all need to read. We need to learn. We need to get educated. We need to have opportunity. People need to make a fair wage. They should be able to see a doctor if they get sick. I mean, these are common issues. But at the national level, uh, we're so divided and polarized. And I hate that. Uh, there's too many politicians, I think, that try to stoke that fire rather than put it out and say, look, we've got some really fundamental issues that we've got to address so that we can all be better off and, and stop this uh, just complete partisan, uh, just hyper partisan rhetoric um, at the national level. It's not helping us. Meanwhile, you know, Tennesseans are suffering. No doubt, Brad. And, you know, like in McKenzie, Tennessee or Martin, Tennessee. Um, up there, like they got to travel forty five minutes for an, a hospital because the real hospital closed because right. they won't expand Medicaid. That's free money for the state of Tennessee, but That's because right. they look at it as helping the poor, they don't want to do it. Yeah, and, and and it's such a misnomer. I mean, we lose. I think it's five and a half million dollars a day. It's a billion dollars a year, and it's our tax money. We've paid this money in. And our federal taxes, income taxes, we've paid it in. We're supposed to get it back to the states um, so that we can keep some of these hospitals open. Tennessee has one of the largest numbers of hospital closures over the last several years. We're number one in medical bankruptcies. You, you know, GoFundMe isn't an ex, uh, a replacement for healthcare. You, you know, it's ridiculous that we're all living on the edge of, you know, us or our spouse or someone in our family getting cancer and in or some other debilitating disease and then while you're dealing with that and dealing with the trauma of maybe losing a family member maybe it's the income earner of your family you're supposed to go on the internet and beg people for money on a gofundme i, I mean that's that's just to me that is horrific that we're doing that and the reality is even if you have great insurance if the hospital in your town closes down because our supermajority Republican legislature refuses to expand Medicaid, Medicare, that hospital's closed. We can show up with a briefcase full of cash, like it's closed. And it's not just even hospitals closing, they reduce the trauma levels um, that a ER is um, able to accommodate. So depending on what your needs are, you might have to pass by 
two or three hospitals if you're in an ambulance to get to somewhere where, oh, this is a level one trauma or a level two that, that can take care of the issue. So uh, it's certainly an issue that rural Tennesseans should be uh, should care about because that's who it's affecting uh, mostly. It doesn't affect uh, the big cities. We have to remember our rural communities. You know, we all go to the grocery store and we like to buy food, fresh food. Like those are coming from farms. Those are coming from rural Tennessee. And, you know, frankly, I, I, I think the Democrats uh, could do a much better job of addressing and recapturing uh, rural areas that used to be, I don't know how many years ago, but kind of used to be the bread and butter of the Democratic Party. And I think they feel like people have given up on them. And I think they're right. I, th I think both parties have and to some extent. But I see a lot of movement, the Democratic Party uh, in rural organizing uh, that I'm really hopeful that things are going to change in the near future. And like, you know, here in Georgia, Brad, it's, it's very key. We have a 159 counties here in Georgia. You've got to go beyond Fulton County, Douglas, all mm -hmm. counties around Atlanta, because 159 counties engage those, engage those rural voters, whether it be 80-20, is 60-40 now. And, those, and that eventually, with statewide, it helps you catch up, make up some ground. So you have to go out and engage in all the counties here in Georgia. So I'm glad that Abrams and Warnock are doing that because mm -hmm. that is what you got to do here in Georgia. Tennessee has 99 counties in Tennessee. So you have to go to, from Mountain City to Memphis and just it. work it, work it, work it, work it. And, and, I, and I know that I've talked to some people in different parts of Tennessee. They have 10 counties that they've highlighted, but I'm like, yeah, you do more than 10 counties. Don't give up on all them counties. Right, right. But they, 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 they have 10 they want to attack, but I say, yeah. no, you do all of them. And and when you when when you talk to people and when you show up, I see a, lo a lot of candidates uh, uh, online when they go talk to and engage rural voters. First of all, they're excited that someone showed up. So uh, you know that's the first step is getting out and engaging with people. And then I think you can get past some of that rhetoric, you know, uh, that that they hear from the media that they consume, and they realize like, oh, this is a person standing in front of me. They're not this evil you know, what I have in my mind, what an evil Democrat is, or, you know, whatever at the national level that this rhetoric just, you know, they're coming for your kids, they're trying to destroy your kids or turn them into this or that, like it, the the level of rhetoric and the fear that they try to induce in people is really just shameful. Like, I, I know it's nothing new. We've been doing this for decades, but it feels like it's gone to a different level um, in the last five, six, seven years, for sure. Brad, I'll tell you a story four years ago in Turner, Turner County, Georgia. I'm down here canvassing to help out. This lady said to me, you're not bad for a colored guy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 18, Brad. I was like, hey, really, ma'am? But okay. She, I mean, she, I don't think she meant, she, I don't think she meant to be bad by it. She's like, right. bad for a colored guy. I don't like what you think down here in Turner County, Georgia, in 2018? <laughs> that I, I I think people are isolated, man. They they I I think they uh that you got to wonder who they're around that they say things like that and never get corrected or never have anyone kind of go wide eyed at you know a a, a comment like that, a racist comment. Um, and you know it's it's unfortunate. I I feel lied to with my education. Yeah, I'm coming up on 50 in February, uh, my birthday. And, you know, I was told we handled all this stuff, right? Like, that's what I was taught. Like, we had the civil rights movement, and they and they bring you through it. And the teacher's like, oh, this is what we did. And you're like, oh, good. Okay, now everyone's equal. We're okay. Yeah. 
but it's a lie. Like here we are, we, we're still dealing with repercussions, generational repercussions, um, and we don't want to address it. And in fact, now, like we should be at a point in time where we can have these honest discussions and we have the internet and people are more connected than ever. But instead, what we have is this uprising of a small radical group of white moms that want to censor education. And they want to say, and, and you know, the whole critical race theory, they, and, every, and I knew they were going to do this. They come out with this term, they try to throw all these terms and they find one that works, right? Because it used to be political correctness, but that one's lost its appeal, right? That's a couple decades old. So political correctness, no one cares about that anymore, right? So they start saying other things. And they finally found one that stuck, the critical race theory. It sounds scary. And, it, and then they start labeling everything that has anything to do with race or minorities, critical race theory. So now they start saying, oh, the book about Ruby Bridges in New Orleans going to the first, uh, being one of the first kids to integrate an all-white school and in the iconic picture with the uh, uh, federal marshals escorting this little six-year-old girl um, to, to kindergarten, like that's critical race theory. No, no, it's not. It's just history. It's history. It's a thing that happened. And if we don't teach those things, then we are giving our children and the next generation a deficient education. And we're going to repeat these same terrible things instead of getting rid of them once and for all. And and, and I don't understand it. And I think we have to push back on it because the, the people in those small groups, they're running for school boards. They're running mm -hmm. for state house seats. Um, and they have a very narrow view of how they think everyone should live and what they should believe. And to me, that's just not America. That's certainly not freedom. And we got to push back on it. Uh, you know, it's, it's just about living in reality and trying to get better as a state and as a country. We can't just say we're the best. I mean, let's talk about sports for a minute, right? Like, can you imagine if after every game, the head coach came in and said, oh, we're the best. That was the best. Like, even you lose, you say, oh, we're the best. That's not what you do. It would fall tired real quick. Right? Like, that's not, there's only one way to get better, and that's to look at yourself and to say, okay, here's what we did good. Here are some areas where, you know, we need to improve. Here are some areas that we really did badly, and we got to fix these core problems. And that, that's where we are. And so we got a bunch of people right now that want to deny that we have these issues. Um, and they want to make sure the next generation doesn't learn anything about them. And, you know, I'm not going to have it. Now, I, I got to go extra mile to teach my daughter, which I do. I'm like, no, I tell her exactly what's going on. I'm like, these people are trying to ban these books, you know. <laughs> so now she just wants to read those books, which is great. Like, read the banned books. That's what I would tell, you know, like, read the banned. Whatever they're trying to tell you, don't read, read it. <laughs> and, Brad, I got an email. From, I got a letter from a sponsor who told me that they're not, they're not sponsoring me. I, I tell lies. That, I don't mm. live the way I say. You don't have it that bad. You live in a fancy world. You're making this up. You're playing to the woke mob. Like I said, I, mm. I said a little back. You can't tell me how I live as a black man in Georgia. Sorry. <laughs> if you don't want to sponsor me, fine. But you do. You won't use your radical religious extremism that you back to the conservatism yeah. to tell me about my life. But a sponsor sent me left me because I'm spewing lies about really what's going on here in Georgia and with my life, my experiences, Brad. I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. How can you tell me what's going on in my I'll speak in my life? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. But they don't see it because you're living your life. It's two things. Like they don't live your life and then they don't want to listen and believe your lived experience as you're telling them. And and I think that's a big problem across the board. Of, Of course, it affects issues with race. It affects issues with women. Look how many men we have in the state legislature that they just don't. Women are saying, this is what we want. This is what's happening to us. We're outraged. And they're just like, no, it's not. No, like they 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 just are so dismissive of other people's voices that uh, it's it's an it's an incredible way to be. But especially if you're going to govern, if you're going to be a governor or a state representative, how can you represent people when you're not listening to what Correct. they're saying? Here's what's happened in in my life. You know, no doubt, Brad. And you know, it's shameful that that Chris is being honest. It's White men and legislators telling women mm-hmm. who can't do who can't get pregnant what to do with yep. their bodies. Like, let's be honest about that. But they'll no. go pay for an abortion on the low, and they didn't want to get caught. Oh, oh well, it, but nah, you can't yeah. tell it what to do with their body. I, I thought it was about freedoms in America, right? Yeah, but, but y'all could restrict their bodies, but you're yeah. not restricting. It's yeah, so it comes down to not looking at people as people and not looking as at them as equal. And and that's our long history. That's that I mean, that is our history, whether you like it or not. It's very plain to see. You can Google it, duck, duck, go, whatever you want to do, get on it. It's it's all right there. It's it's easy to research. You don't have to be a history major or an expert. Um, but we've got to acknowledge this. And it starts with listening to the people who are saying this is what's happening to us. Um, let me tell you one of the things I'm really excited about in Tennessee. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Justin Jones. Um, I'm not, who, but I'm a little, was, little everybody. Okay. He is a young man. He's in his late 20s. He was uh, one of the leaders or the leader of protests at the state capitol in 2020 during uh, a lot of the Black Lives Matters protests. He tried for months to try to meet with Governor Lee, to try to meet with representatives. He just got you know, denied. Glenn Casada, when he was speaker, just ignored him. He would be in there trying to talk to people and they just ignore him. They did these protests outside the state house. Instead of meeting with this young man, uh, Bill Lee spent a million dollars on state trooper overtime to have all these state troopers line up in front of the state legislature and pretend they're protecting something against a peaceful protest. Then these men went into the state legislature in the next session and passed a law making it a felony to camp outside because, you know, they had some tents and some water and they're sitting outside. They're having a elongated. Pro- they're just being there. And so they they quashed the protest because they passed this law saying it's a felony. Well, because no one wants to go to jail. No one wants to lose their voter rights. Right. So that, you know, the protests are dismissed. But Justin Jones won't go have it. And he ran for state office. He won his primary. He's in one of the few state uh, a Democratic strongholds in Tennessee, he will be in the state legislature in January. And I mean, this is such a success story. Um, and so Governor Bill Lee wouldn't listen to this young man, wouldn't wouldn't have a meeting with him. But now he's going to have to listen to him when he's on the state floor, at least a little bit, you know. And and I think that's what we need. I mean, I mean, the people that are out there that want change run for office. Help someone run for office, run for it doesn't even have to be the state legislature, could be school board, could be county commission, find a a board, a volunteer board in your city that you can make an impact on um, or just help someone do that. And like this is how we make change. 
Uh, and it's a it's a hard, slow slog, I think. Uh, but I'm really excited to see what he does. Uh, he's going to be a great voice. Uh, he's been involved with Reverend Barber and the Poor People's Campaign. And I, I think he's going to bring uh, a great voice to a lot of people who've been voiceless for too long. I, I requested that Billy on my show. I was told, Billy, I want to talk to you. I said, he comes to my university, MLK Day, the fake, like he really cares about, about black people. T.S. is I went to school at. Yeah. I'm every day. Oh, MLK, you love black people. Can't come on a black show. And then well, crickets. Crickets. <laughs> They, you know, they they hate to be called racist, but the, but they keep doing things that are that are, you know, it just exposes them. It it, it exposes what they're doing. You know, let me let me tell you what I I first heard about Justin Jones because about six years ago, um, he was in a diner speaking with my current rep at the time, Micah Van Huss, who's since been voted out, and there were three other reps, all white guys, and Justin Jones was kind of talked to him about the voucher bill. And he said, "Hey, you're you're bringing." And he and he did what what uh uh you were talking about earlier. Someone calling you racist. Uh, he, he this is what Micah did to him because Justin mentioned race. And he said, "Hey, you got all these white men. Y'all are doing this to black communities." And you know, Micah, he's not the smartest guy in the world. He's like, "Ha, you're the racist. You're the ra there's a video of it, right?" And and it's just it's this ignorant position that conservative white people take that any mention of race or oppression or racism is racism right like you can't mention it that that the idea of a colorblind society is no one ever talk about it which is just asinine right like you know if your kitchen's on fire you can't just go sit in the living room and pretend that's not happening right like these things are happening um and and i i think that there's too many white legislators who feel like it's polite when they go in and vote for these things that hurt minority communities, but they but they didn't say anything racist. Like they're doing racist actions. They're yes. passing Your these actions are racist, but you don't want yeah. to be called out. And, and you know, and you, but you tell me you love God. You know, mm. Brad. This is what I said. I, I called University of Georgia a Klan rally on Saturdays. It's like. Mm. All these conservatives are cheering for the Georgia football. I don't young black bodies are cheering for entertainment. You don't care about the lives the rest of the week. Only when they win your team a game on Saturday. No, they're so working for them. They're working for them. I, I mean, it's plantation mentality. If we really want to get down to it, right? I mean, you're, you're you're as long as you can benefit me, then that's okay. But then the second you you want to be equal and stand next to me. I think too many people have a problem with that. And that's, I mean, that's still, we're still unwinding it. The the history isn't, isn't long ago. I mean, it's still present day and we're still, and, and, you know, to a certain extent, I, I don't know there, I, I, clearly there's some percentage of the population that's just never going to change, but I'm hopeful. You know, I have a lot of hope in Gen Z uh, and Gen Alpha, you know, my daughter's 10, like, you know, and, and I brought her up. I, I started talking about race with her when she's five, because when I was that age, I heard racist things. So, so you know, I think every parent sort like, oh, what at what point is it appropriate to start teaching my children? Well, if if you got a black child, they learn about racism real quick because they experience it. So, you know, why shouldn't three, I three make sure my old, daughter? Right? Three years old, I learned mm -hmm. about it. Three. There you go. Three. And, oh, and how does that how did that affect you? And and you're still hearing about it now, and having this woman refer to you as a colored 
in in the in these old racist terms and in I mean, how old are you now, Jr. Thirty five. Okay, so you've had thirty two years of being keenly aware of racism, right? Yeah, because I, I got called a monkey at mm. three years old playing yeah. t-ball. Look at that yeah. monkey. Like, what monkey? <laughs> Where's a when, monkey? Yeah, I mean, when, when, when are we gonna? When are we gonna get past this? You know, we we can't get past it by ignoring it. And I and I wish some people understood. I I think there's too many white men, especially they only work with white men. They're only around white men. They go to church with white men. Like they just never around anyone else. And look, be around whoever you want to be around. But you got to understand that like your perception of people you don't know is flawed. And, and, and Brad, I'll be honest with you, Brad. I'm not saying this about you, but a lot of white men who I know, they mm-hmm. talk to me because of what I do. Not, I'm mm-hmm. not, not, I know you're not like that. Me and you're really friends. Yeah. But yeah. it's because of what, what I do for a living. And they look at me as yeah. a successful black, per se. I can talk to that guy. Yeah. But don't care about us no matter. But I'm the, the exception to the rule because of what I do for a living. Yeah. And that's the part yeah. that annoys me. Like, you know, like, I... I I knew Clay Travis years ago. He was mm. a sports dude. We we don't talk anymore. No, I don't blame you because I knew that. I knew early on that what he was about. I was mm-hmm. and it's, I was a suitable black to him because I was in the media. I'm a sports guy. Yeah. I, I'm in the NBA. Oh, he. I, I'm, I'm gonna get close to Jr. No, I, I knew what she was about. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. a lot of these white guys in sports who talk to me is trying to be my friends. Well, you know, this is what you know. You you bring up a very good point because you're talking about losing sponsors because of things on your show, but guys like Trey, Trey Clay Travis don't. And there's been a melding of sports coverage and far right wing talking points. Like it it is, it's shocking. It's shocking. Uh, like how like they're not just talking sports. They got to inject, you know, uh, race issues, anti trans. Trump, like whatever, they're injecting all these right wing politics into sports, um, and, and I think, and it's a lot of disinformation too. It's I, I, I don't know. It's like the the attention economy, right? They're they're doing anything to get attention, and I think it's hard to get attention doing serious things and meaningful. Things. But being outrageous and being, I mean, look at Kanye this week, right? Like you could just say the most outrageous things, say blatantly anti-Semitic things. Say bla- and but it just because it's on media. their side, it's okay. Right, right. Because it's their it, it, view of the world, it's okay. But JR yeah. saying reality, he's yeah. a racist, he's a radical leftist, he's a Marxist, I'm Antifa. I've been called everything in my emails, Brad. I've been called an N-word, I've been threatened. Mm. All these things because I speak truth to power. And what thing about me is, I say, look, I'm friends with, I can be friends with anybody, but if I know you're a radical, we're not gonna be friends. Yeah. Like Clay Travis, we used to be cool, but we're not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's you know it's radical to divide people. It's radical to segment people into straight and gay and white and black and red and blue and and, and like th- that is radical. It's 2022. We we know about each other. We're we should. Be aspiring to tweet, treat everyone equally, but we're not doing that. We we say that that's what we're about, but we really are at a time where we need to show it. I think. And you know, and Brad, I got five minutes to go before we got to get out of here. My job is to unify people and tell people the truth. And 
If you don't want to sponsor this show, I don't care because I can get other sponsors too. But my job is to be truthful with my guests, truthful with, with, with the listeners, and be real with people. And the majority of people who know me know I'm very real and I'm not faking folks. Yeah. I'm a man of my word. So like mm-hmm. when your sponsor tells me or a listener tells me, I'm just not I'm like, you don't you don't know me personally. So I'm like, you're you're spouting your radical views because I don't agree with you. So you want to mm-hmm. call me out of my name, which is fine. I'm a big boy. I've been doing this for 13 years, Brad. It don't bother <laughs> me. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. You need well, you need to, especially if you're in a position to speak. Uh, to speak up because there's a lot of people around here. I hear it all the time. They're like, oh, here's what's going on. Don't use my name. Don't say anything because they're threatened by their job. Sometimes their peer group, you know, whatever, maybe even their church, you know, like they feel like they can't speak up. So I, I think when you're in a position to, to speak up and you do that, like keep doing that because there's a lot of people who are nodding their head along with you as they listen, but they're in a position where, you know, if they speak up on the level that you do, they might lose their job or get pressure. They don't need to come under. Uh, so I, I think it's real important to keep keep being who you are and 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 speaking that truth to power. No doubt, Brad. Now thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Our little show of our chats, man. I wish we could do a little bit longer today, but I had a great fundraiser for Reverend Warnock. <laughs> so it's like, yes, please you- do that. Please do that. I, I'm I'm very helpful. I think he's going to win, and and it's going to be really good. And and God, that. We can do another 40 minutes on that race, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, 100%. So, man, hey, hey, you be safe, buddy. I'll see you soon, man. Thanks, JR. Take care, buddy. Right, bye now. <laughs> Folks, football is back, and Better Online remains your number one source. For all your football betting needs this season, you'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. As your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to Bet Online. Dot A-G, that's B-E-T-O-L-I-N-E dot A-G to receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts and also bet online sponsors the Boss Man Show on your radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.